Every morning, we all squeeze toothpaste out of the tube. When there isn't much toothpaste left in the tube, what do we do? Well, we squeeze the tube just behind where the toothpaste sits and incrementally advance where we apply pressure until the toothpaste is successfully squeezed out. This is how peristalsis works in the esophagus. Now, imagine the tube of the toothpaste has now become a non-compressible plastic tube and you've tightened the cap. Now, you can't squeeze the tube and the opening is closed off. In achalasia, the esophagus has absent or abnormal peristalsis and the lower esophageal sphincter won't relax to let food through. Today, our patient has achalasia and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled Stuck in the Middle, an Approach to Achalasia. All right, time for a minute physiology. Achalasia is an esophageal motility condition defined by abnormal or absent peristalsis, plus failure of the lower esophageal sphincter to relax. This is caused by damage to the ganglion cells and the esophageal myenteric plexus, which can be primary, idiopathic, or secondary due to infectious, autoimmune, neurodegenerative, or malignant causes. When these neurons are damaged in achalasia, you get unopposed cholinergic nerve activation, which prevents peristalsis and relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter. This manifests as progressive dysphagia occurring with both solids and liquids, regurgitation of undigested food, chest discomfort, and weight loss. All right, so now that we've talked about the basic physiology, let's talk about the approach. You are asked to see a middle-aged man with a history of dysphagia referred to you for possible achalasia. First, you want to get a thorough history of his dysphagia. With any dysphagia consult, you want to first characterize if it is one, an oropharyngeal dysphagia, which tends to be difficulty initiating a swallow associated with coughing or choking, or an esophageal dysphagia, where food has difficulty passing through the esophagus. Achalasia is an esophageal dysphagia. Secondly, if it is achalasia, your patient will have dysphagia with both solids and liquids, since this is a motility disorder. Lastly, the symptoms of achalasia get progressively worse over time. Patients can also get heartburn and regurgitation of undigested food, and these symptoms don't tend to respond well to antacids. If your patient's history fits with the picture of achalasia, your next step is to look for secondary etiologies. First, you must assess for red flag symptoms like weight loss, especially in someone over 50. Some cancers can infiltrate the myenteric plexus and cause a pseudoachalasia, and these need more urgent workup. Other things to ask include any viral or infectious symptoms, whether they are from continental Latin America, where Chagas disease, a cause of achalasia, is endemic, signs or symptoms of autoimmune disease such as constitutional symptoms, arthralgias, or rashes, and previous abdominal surgeries like gastric bypass. Now that you have the history, how do you confirm if this is actually achalasia? Investigations often start with a barium swallow, which can show dilation of the esophagus with narrowing at the GE junction or the gastroesophageal junction. This is the bird's beak appearance of classic achalasia. On upper endoscopy, you may see a dilated or tortuous esophagus. 
retained food and saliva, and tightness at the gastroesophageal junction while advancing the scope into the stomach. Endoscopy will also rule out any obvious mechanical obstruction or masses. But if malignancy is a concern, you should also get a CT of the neck and chest as well. To confirm the diagnosis of achalasia, esophageal manometry is used. This will show failure of lower esophageal sphincter relaxation and loss of esophageal peristalsis. On to our management. We now know that in achalasia, food can't effectively pass from the esophagus into the stomach. Thus, the overall goal of treatment is to relax the lower esophageal sphincter, which relieves symptoms. It is important to recognize that achalasia is a chronic condition without a cure. Current treatments are aimed at improving symptoms, which may come back. Available treatment options in achalasia are pharmacologic, endoscopic, and surgical. The best and most definitive treatment is endoscopic therapy, with either pneumatic dilation of the esophagus or a peroral endoscopic myotomy, which cuts some of the muscles around the lower esophageal sphincter to relax it. This can also be done surgically. If patients cannot undergo these therapies, then endoscopic Botox injection can be used. Botox is injected into the lower esophageal sphincter and allows it to relax. This only has temporary effects lasting a few months. If symptoms remain refractory or patients are unable to undergo these procedures, patients can use medical therapy to relax the lower esophageal sphincter. Medications include calcium channel blockers like nifedipine or nitrates taken before meals. Time for a Medicine Minute. A 2019 trial in the New England Journal of Medicine randomized patients with idiopathic achalasia to laparoscopic Heller's myotomy, or LHM, plus dorsifundoplication, or parole endoscopic myotomy, or POEM therapy. The primary endpoint was clinical success, which was defined as an Eckhart symptom score of three or less. The trial found that POEM therapy was non-inferior to LHM plus dorsifundoplication, However, GERD symptoms were more common in patients who underwent POEM therapy. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Stuck in the Middle, an Approach to Achalasia. This episode was written by Dr. Grace Wang, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Christopher Tashima, gastroenterology, and Dr. Laura Walker, general internist. This episode was recorded by Allison Lai, sound editing by Nathan Dubnik. The Internet Work series was created by Alison Lai as an executively produced by Alison Lai, Leah Kiernopoulos, and Zara Morel. Theme song by Lakshmi Vizantha Mohan. As always, we have an associated infographic on our website as well as resources at www.theinternetwork.com. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you again soon.